You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 40. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. Hey out there in podcast land, how are you doing? My name is Scott Wellens. I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, guess what, that's you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. By day, I am a fee-only, completely independent certified financial planner for Fortress Planning Group. And during my off time, I like to pretend that I can do a radio show. But you know what? We're growing and growing with listeners, so I must be doing something right. And today's episode is titled, 10 Reasons to be Cheerful. And there are so many reasons right now not to be cheerful, especially the horrible tragedy that happened in Florida at that nightclub in these past few days. That was Horrible, horrible news, and our thoughts and prayers go to all of the families with victims in that tragedy. In fact, there's so much bad news out there today. You know, research says that we're twice as affected by bad news as we are good news. And naturally, everybody in the media has one goal. To get more people to read the magazine or get more people to watch the show. And if they can get to your emotions and they can get to my emotions, well, they've done their job because we're glued to the TV or we're glued to the article. Precisely why we see so much bad news on the news and why the news has gotten so global. Because when we take a microscopic look at just our community, potentially there's not that much bad news going on because it's just a small geographic area. Then when we go to the city news, the local news, well, there's more. State news, there's more. National news, there's even more. And then international news. When people are reporting the news, they want to take an international look so they can find the worst possible stories and report them so they can get to our emotions. And listen to me carefully. I'm not saying we shouldn't pay attention to this because we should. I'm just saying maybe we shouldn't be paying all of our attention to this bad news. Before we get to the topic, though, I want to thank you so much for listening. And if you want more resources, please go to bestinwealth.com. There you will find all the other episodes filled with knowledge bombs so you can tune in to the topics that you might be most interested in. But for now, let's jump into the topic of the day. The topic of the day, 10 reasons to be cheerful. And I'm going to get to these in just a minute. But I'd like to back up for a moment because bad news as it relates to the stock market, I hear it all the time. I hear it in the retirement classes that I teach. I hear it in casual conversations with friends, with potential clients and current clients that are telling me, Scott, why should we be invested in the stock market? 
Isn't it about to crumble along with the rest of the economy and the rest of the world? And while I can't tell anybody for certain that the world's not going to come crumbling and implode, I do spend a lot of time trying to calm emotions. So there was an article in Business Week on August 13th, 1979. Right there on the front cover of Business Week was the title, The Death of Equities. Take a trip back to 1979 with me. Things were not good. We had the recession of 74, 75, and then we had inflation just getting out of control to the point where people were so freaked out, just like right now, people are freaked out about the amount of debt that we have as a country. Things weren't good. And inside this article, you'd find things like the stock market is not worth it anymore. There is no way you can make money in the stock market, period. Maybe if you want to speculate with a little bit of money and get in and out of stocks and time the market, maybe. But for the average person, that's me and you, by the way, the stock market is dead. It's not a tool any longer to grow wealth. The magazine argued that for better or for worse, the U.S. economy probably has to regard the death of equities as a near permanent condition. But guess what? Guess what happened over the next 20 years? It was the worst possible timing for that article to come out. And think about it for a second. If you read that article, if you bought that magazine or saw it on the magazine shelf, because you weren't clicking on it on the internet because the internet didn't really exist at that time. But Business Week was a powerful magazine and you just got that magazine and looked at the cover and read the article. What would you do with your investments? If you had money in the stock market, truthfully, what would you do? I know what I might do if I didn't know any better. And I was basing my investment philosophy on articles that I read or things that I watched on the news. I'd be selling my stocks, getting out of the market for sure. And that would have been the worst possible thing for me to do. Over the next 20 years, the market returned on average 18% per year. Just crazy. So when people tell me things like, Scott, this time it's different, and I can't tell you for sure or not that it isn't different this time, but what I can tell you is when I point back to every single time in history, you can read an article that says this time it's different. If inflation creeped back up to 12.5% like it was way back then, I bet you we'd be reading another article that says this time it's different. We're going to implode this time. It just so happens that the story of the day in the last couple of years was our debt. And again, I'm not saying I'm not concerned about our debt because I am. All I'm saying is that basing your investment decisions on articles you read in magazines or newspapers or the internet or the news that you're watching on TV, basing your investment decisions on that bad news might be detrimental to your financial life. That's why I'm about to flip the tables a little bit. I mean, if you're listening to the news right now, you probably find yourself thinking that the world has gone to the dogs. The depressing headlines seem 
endless. And I'm telling you, let's look beyond what the media calls news because there's a lot of things going right. Again, it's true. The world faces challenges in maintaining stable and well-functioning social, environmental, and economic systems. The legacy of the whole financial crisis of 2008 is still fresh in our mind, and concerns about climate change and sustainability are widespread. I mean, if you read the news today, you probably might read things like, Europe, which is grappling with a refugee crisis. China, facing a difficult transition from an export and industrial-led economy to one that's driven by domestic demand. In the U.S., well, we're just preoccupied with this ridiculous election that's going on right now where nobody seems to be happy with any of the candidates. But it's also so easy to overlook significant advances in raising the living standards of millions, increasing global cooperation on sustainability, and efforts to build greater transparency and trust in the financial institutions. So I'm going to cite to you 10 developments that don't tend to make the front page of the daily newspaper or is the lead story on the TV news because it's good news, it's cheerful news, it's not bad news. So I'm just going to list off these 10 and I'm sure that a couple of these will resonate with you. Some you may not care that much about, but I bet you that there's some that each of you will say, man, I haven't thought about this in a while. The world is not as bad as it seems. And trust me, I get it. I read all that bad stuff too. It freaks me out too. But let's keep our eye on the good news as well. So here we go. Number one, over the last 25 years, 2 billion people globally have moved out of extreme poverty according to the latest United Nations Human Development Report. 2 billion people globally have moved out of the extreme poverty line. Wow. You don't see that on the news very often. Number two, over the same period of time, the last 25 years, mortality rates among children under the age of five have fallen by 53%. Put in another way, 25 years ago, there were 91 deaths per 1,000 children under the age five. And now we're down to 43 deaths per 1,000 Sure, we got a ways to go, but man, what a significant decline in the last 25 years. Number three, in September of 2015, all members of the UN set 17 sustainable development goals for 2030, including targets for eliminating poverty and hunger and lifting standards in health, education, water, energy, and infrastructure. Number four. Global trade has expanded as a proportion of GDP from 20% in 1995 to 30% in 2014. And this signals greater global integration. Number five, global bank regulators recently announced that since the financial crisis, they have implemented reforms to reduce leverage, address systematic risk, and build capital buffers into the banking system. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying measures have been taken to make things 
better. Number six, the world's biggest economy, that's us people, the U.S., has been recovering. Unemployment has halved in six years from 10% to 5%. And I know some of you will say, and it's okay that you do, that the numbers are skewed, that it's not really 5%, that we're not counting the workers that left the workforce. I get that. But either way, any way you want to look at it, unemployment has come way, way down. Number seven, global oil prices, while about 80% up from January 13th lows, are still 50% below where they were two years ago. Now, that's bad news for the oil sector. I get that. But lower prices, people, they raise real incomes for consumers, increase profits outside of energy, and decrease costs of production. All of that is happening in the oil industry right now. Which leads me to number eight. Number eight, while fossil fuels still play a major role in the economy, Renewable energy sources, such as solar and wind, accounted for nearly 22% of global electricity generation in 2013. And that 22% is seen to rise to about 26% by 2020, less than four years away. Number nine, we live in an era of rapid innovation, One report estimates the digital economy now accounts for 22.5% of global economic output and projects digital technologies could generate 2 trillion of additional output by 2020. That's a lot of money. And number 10, the growing speed and scale of data are increasing global connectedness and transforming industries as new discoveries are made in such areas of engineering, medicine, food, energy, and sustainability. How about those 10 reasons to be cheerful? No doubt, many of these advances will lead to new business and investment opportunities. And you know what? Of course, not all are going to succeed, but the important point is that science and innovation are evolving in ways that can help mankind. I get it. The world is far from perfect. The human race faces major challenges. But just as there is reason for caution, there is always room for hope. And keeping those good things in mind can help when you're feeling overwhelmed by all the bad news because we know that the bad news is just going to keep rolling in. So how many of those 10 reasons to be cheerful resonated with you? Were there one or two where you were like, man, I had no idea that things were on the up and up that there's good news out there. Man, there was a couple with me where I just thought this is cool. And it's really good news. Is your glass half full or is it half empty? I live half full, but I'm realistic about all the bad things that are going on and I still get freaked out. I'm not gonna lie to you about that. But those who live half empty may have a hard time staying disciplined with their investments 
may not realize everything that is financially important to them. Now, it's difficult just to switch your mind and switch your way of thinking. So make sure you connect up with a fee-only certified financial planner that can help you when you start to get really freaked out. Because it's going to happen, it always does. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you'll think the next time you read bad news and get freaked out that you'll think about some of the reasons to be cheerful. And we know that there are a lot. If you have any questions at all, please email me, scott at bestandwealth.com. I'm interested in anything that you want to talk about when it pertains to your financial life. But for now, for now, I'll just have to see you a little bit later. And a little bit later is going to be seeing you on the flip side. Bye-bye. Take care. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.